Welcome everybody to another episode of Be Fearless Podcast and today I bring you on a fantastic guest. She has nearly three decades of experience as the founder and CEO of Charter 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 Accounting and Tax Services, a CPA firm based in Atlanta, Georgia, with clients all over the country. Her goal is to help clients make more money, keep more money, and grow more money. She's a speaker and author of 100 Innovative Ways to Make More Profit and the soon-to-be-release money a user guide a host and host of a podcast also named money without limits ladies and gentlemen let's welcome the one and only daniel i mean deborah daniels hi deborah hey deborah <laughs> it's great to be here it's great to be here thank you for your time thank you for being here today um where you're you currently in atlanta right yes i've been the whole time, all three. Okay. It is. I need to update my bio. This was the thirtieth year. Twenty twenty two is the thirtieth year. Oh wow, that's fantastic! How it's changed in thirty years. I mean, in, in entrepreneurship and just women in business, women and money. I mean, it's 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 been it, it's been generational. There's been a generational jump really during that three decades. Wow. Um, and you originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I actually, my dad's family is from the Northeast, but I grew up in South Georgia, went to college here in Georgia and have stayed, you know, just been in the Atlanta area for over three decades now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay. For the audience, the people that is just getting to know you and seeing your face, um, at least here in my podcast, tell us who is Deborah Daniels and who was she growing up? What was her dream? You know, it's funny. Um, I don't want to really say this because it predates <laughs> me, but in the 70s when I was growing up, um, hopefully I don't look that old, but um, I literally didn't want to play house. I always wanted to play office. So I knew that that this was you just the whole business thing was something I was really into. Now, did I mean to jump into entrepreneurship when I was just newly married and only like 26 years old? No, I did not really plan on doing it quite that soon. But dial it back to 1992. We didn't have the internet. We didn't have, you know, streaming Netflix. We didn't, we didn't have any of the stuff. So I actually am an entrepreneur because I was kind of, because we didn't have that. I was I got recruited away to work for a Fortune 100 company that was super busy for like one week of the month, but then the other three weeks, unless that company was buying another company and we had to go do travel and do due diligence, we were kind of twiddling our thumbs. And I'm the kind of person, and you know, maybe people like this, I can you can work me to death, but don't bore me to death. And that was, I mean, when you're looking at your watch and it's five after nine and you're like, is the day over yet? That's just not me. I mean, and I wouldn't have survived 30 tax seasons if that was me, because believe me. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not sitting around for 30 tax seasons. Um, so I kind of, I mean, I always knew that I wanted to be entrepreneurial, but I didn't probably plan to do it quite as soon. Um, but I'm glad I did because it's, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a job. I mean, it's more than a job. It's to me, I, I'm an entrepreneurial junkie. I love everything about owning a business and my business and my passions kind of coordinate because I mean, I kid around when I say money is my love language, but it kind of is um, in that everything that's important in life, you know, 
is impacted by money and in your attitude toward money and having it. And, you know, it's life isn't about money, but the thing is you can't really do things. You can't make an impact if you don't have money to keep your lights on. And so that's why it's been kind of a mission for me, um, especially as I've grown in my career and I have some bandwidth to not be, you know, in the beginning, you got to make the money just to pay your bills. Well, once mm -hmm. you get decades in, you know, you really are able to, it's really more about a passion project of changing lives, of changing, of helping people take a business, which I know in my marrow of my soul, that is the easiest way to create wealth in your life, taking that business, using all the things and tools that you can and creating not only an awesome lifestyle, the freedom that comes along with entrepreneurship, but also legacy wealth for the people that work with me. It's not just for them. It's going to impact the, their, the next generation and the next generation. Um, and so that's, I mean, it's kind of like the roundabout way to get there, but literally I get around that if there had been a net, if there had been the internet back in 1992 and I could sit around and, you know, just be playing around on, you know, social media or playing around watching Netflix when I was not busy, maybe I wouldn't have done this, but we didn't yeah. have to. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? So far you have mentioned two things that I, I think are fundamental when we're building a business. And number one was the, the mindset that we have to have to, you know, become an entrepreneur and do all the things. Um, tell us, how do you work with your mindset? What was, what things do you implement to make it stronger? Well, the thing is it's, that's definitely just like everything. It's not a set it and forget it. Just like, just with your health, you can't just eat good for a week and expect it to be great all the time. You, you can't just save for one week and expect that all of a sudden things are going to be done. You've got to constantly be resetting. And so I have certain things that I do all the time. Like I'm big on affirmations, but I'm big on scripting. It's a method of writing down the affirmations. Um, and I try to surround myself with people that have like mind because the reality is, you know, you are the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. And so if you're with people that don't have vision, that don't have big goals, you're going to be, you just don't want to be the smartest person in the world, in the room. And you also don't want to be the most positive person in the room. So you've got, because you just can't, you can't bear the weight of the other negativity. So you've got to surround mm -hmm. yourself with those right people, I think. And you've got to keep bringing it back to center. I talk about this sometimes when I'm talking about performance, because my business is a little bit bigger than certain people. I mean, 30 years, I have a team. And so when an employee starts, um, you know, this is my expectation, this is their performance. If they start doing it, if you don't keep pulling it back to center, you know, the next thing you know, my expectations are here and their performance is way over here that's kind of where your attitude is. You've got to keep pulling your mindset. You've got to keep pulling your skill set and all that, you know, resetting it all the time, because if not, you're going to get out of kilter and it's hard to find the path back. That's fantastic. And I totally agree with you. Uh, we, we, we have to find that, like that point where the gauge is um, in, in alignment, right. With mm -hmm. our mind and our goal, kind of like bring them together and find that will to move forward and implement all the things. Now, the second thing that you mentioned before, uh, after the mindset was, uh, you know, to train yourself to get gather the tools, the knowledge that you needed and to become the woman that you are today. Tell us what, what were the things or who, who was the person that most impacted your learning in this entrepreneurial journey and what things you also came up with, you know, through as you go 
with right. with your journey. It really is. I mean, owning a business is really, you know, is really, really something that's kind of a learning on the job kind of thing. I was not surrounded by people that were entrepreneurs growing up. Um, and I was in that, you know, time frame. And even now I think people are said, oh, get a job, get the 401k, have the long career, that that's going to, you know, be the answer. I mean, and for some people, it maybe it is. But the thing is, to me, I feel like the entrepreneurial journey is better because, like, I use this example all the time. If when I took my daughter and when she was in her teens to go to the orthodontist and they said, hey, Deborah, your daughter needs, you know, braces. That's going to be eight thousand dollars or whatever it was. I can't go to my boss and say, hey, boss, I need eight thousand more dollars. You know, um, they're going to be like, get back to your cube and, you know sorry, versus, you know, we as entrepreneurs, we could say, okay, what other thing could I sell to my current clients? Where can I find another client? We're totally in control of that inflow. And I think that's really important, but you also have to be really able to pivot. And I'm not, I started hating that word a little bit during the pandemic, but you have to be able to move with what's going on. The technology, think about it. When I did this 30 years ago, I had one computer with a monitor that I swear to God was like as big as, you know, whatever and clunky and you know, it was like a TV. It was like yeah, a exactly. TV. And it cost more than my network currently costs, you know, with multiple, multiple units on it. So you've got to be constantly, again, nothing was on the cloud. Nothing. I mean, there was no cloud, you know, three decades ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure we barely even had a fax machine back then. I don't know. It was pretty long ago. But um, you have to really constantly be checking out what really makes sense. You know, what are the, you know, what are the best practices? Like I'm not still technology is probably my blind spot just a little bit, but I mean, I know that I have to pay somebody to help with that. And I think that's a big learning part of, and it's hard when you're a super achiever type a, you know, let me just bang it out kind of thing. You have to really force yourself, discipline yourself really. Yeah. That's a big part of entrepreneurship is di discipline because there's nobody like telling you, you know, giving you a performance review other than mm -hmm. your bank account. Exactly. Right. But, um, so, but you have to really be, um, cognizant of what's changing in the technology a little bit. And, but where I was going with that is we all hear you only do the things that only you can do, but if you're not disciplined, you're never going to do that. Right. I mean, I'm fast. I could do it faster. I'll just do it myself, even though I could have a team member do it. That's one of the biggest learnings that you have to do as an entrepreneur. If you want to scale, if you just want to be able to do, you know, all of it yourself be a solopreneur that's not as big of a deal but even a solopreneur should be sending things out for you you can't do all the social media yourself outsource that you can't you know maybe just even having somebody come to your house and do your laundry so that you can work harder i mean i always try to look at it from the perspective of return on investment and, and it's not always return on investment of my dollars but it could be of my time it could be of being able to build relationships you know but if i pay somebody and i've had help in my house forever especially when my kids were younger um to do my laundry do some meal prep and things like that and i pay them x and i make four x i mean i ought to be buying as many of those x's as i can right Right? And I think that's hard for people to understand, especially when you're bootstrapping it at the beginning. And, and, and for women entrepreneurs, that's the way most of their businesses are built because mm -hmm. they don't have as much access to capital still as, you know, more traditional, bigger men, you know, run businesses are. And most people don't know where to go to look for those kind of funds and things. So they are like, well, I can't pay for someone to do my email marketing. I can't pay for those kind of things. But the reality is, you have to, or you're never going to get very big.
Yeah, I totally agree. You have to definitely kind of like uh, delegate certain activities from your business in order to grow. Uh, but now you mentioned something that I want you to kind of like dip dive a little bit in because we're getting so close to the new year and, you know, we'll start thinking what I'm going to do next, what, you know, programs or, you know, what step I can take, um, what step up, right? Um mm -hmm. We, I can take my business on the new year and that has a lot to do with money and how we manage the money in our business. So mm -hmm. what are the, the things that you um, or the tips that you can give us for that aspiring entrepreneur out there that is watching you right now um, that they can take and, and start doing today in order to get their business or their dreams or the goals moving when it comes to entrepreneurship and money? Well, I will tell you, I mean, it's, it's not the sexy part of owning a business, but you must have your systems and processes in place. And if nothing else, your billing system and your, and your accounting system. I mean, if not, it's kind of like trying to make a cake without the recipe. I mean, you might get something if you throw some flour and some eggs and stuff together, but you're not going to have the right combinations. And if you're not tracking your business from the very beginning, It, it, it's really hard to do it. I mean, honestly, that's one of my pet peeves and it's, it's my soapbox really is people wanting to just vanish by their checkbook. There's money in there. So that means I'm doing okay, but that doesn't really, because sometimes maybe you collected money from a client and you've got out, you know, expenditures you've got to make to mm -hmm. be able to make that happen. And if you're not, if you don't have a good system to, um, put up with that. And, and I even see it happen with taxes. Um, clients are, you know, rocking and rolling. The business looks great. My business bank account is getting kind of big. And then they haven't talked to me or somebody else during the year. And then they come see us in, you know, February, March, April, when basically <laughs> it's a historical document. There's not much I can do about it at this point. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, but you owe $40,000. They're like, what? I mean, you know, it, that is, that's tough. I mean, you can't really have that situation. Or you um, can also have the situation when they think they can do their taxes by themselves and then they just make a mistake and then they have the IRS behind them and then they mm -hmm, run into mm -hmm. your office, Deborah, help me out. <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, I love like some of the tax software packages and stuff like that. And I, I mean, not to call it anybody, but I often say, you know, I love TurboTax because I have made a ton of money fixing TurboTax returns. Because <laughs> the reality is, if you can answer the questions properly for some of the smaller, easier returns, those are fine. But the problem is you don't understand what they're really asking a lot of the time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and so if you answer something that sounds like you should say yes, but really is a no, because you're not really understanding the question, um, you're, it's going to be wrong. Right. I mean, and so I hate to see when clients pay more money than they should. And I don't believe there's such a thing as tax loopholes. It's knowing the rules and doing them right. And, and think about it. Your two biggest expenses, whether you're an employee or an entrepreneur in your life or probably your housing and your taxes. I mean, I'm not like some of the other money experts, you know, eat ramen noodles, turn off your lights, you know, cancel Netflix or whatever. I mean, you're not going to, you know, get wealthy doing those kind of things. I'm not saying just, you know, blow it out and spend whatever, but that's not going to make you a wealthy person by getting rid of your, I don't know, it's up pretty high now, $17.99 or something crazy like that for Netflix. But you really have to 
track those kind of things and, and understand what your where your money is going mm -hmm. so that you can actually make wise decisions. You know, th then you could decide, can I afford to have a VA? Can I afford to have a social media person? You can't when you don't have a projection of what your expenses every single month are. Most clients do not know. Most business owners do not know what their monthly I call it nut. What, what do you have to, when you turn the lights on, on January 1st, what do you have to bring in just to cover one, your business expenses and mm -hmm. your personal expenses? So exactly. that's your drop dead number you have to make every single month. Most people don't even know what that number is. So you're basically taking off from Atlanta, trying to get to California and not really sure which direction to head is, is how they're running, running their business. Oh, wow. Um, what would you tell these people what steps can they start taking today to start tracking those expenses? Okay. Well, there's a lot of different programs out there I mean, that you can use, but I would say the biggest thing, and this is what I do with all my, even my VIP clients when I take them on, because I do also the make more, keep more and grow more is the whole flow of money. Either I help you with revenue strategies to bring more in the keep more is let's run the business more um, profitably, be it with taxes or, you know, all kinds of ways to be more profitable. And then the grow more is now that I've brought you some money in, we've kept as much as we can. We're going to grow um, a, legacy wealth with that look you know look at your last three to six months bank statements first of all and bank statements and credit cards and almost everybody that does that exercise finds 200 to a thousand dollars a month of charges that or expenses that they can change or like oh my gosh i didn't realize i was still paying for that that by itself could almost fund starting a business if you wanted to start a business you just get rid of those things that you aren't paying for um and even if you already are in business that frees up money to pay for that va or to pay for an assistant or pay for social media or whatever um so that's always something good the other thing is i am in 100 i've never seen in three decades, a business that was successful who had messed up personal finances. So you've got to get your personal financial act in order. You don't look to your business to save you personally. You've got to have your personal business finances, personal finances in order. I just haven't seen it. It's 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 mutually exclusive. You can't be super successful in business and have messed up credit on your personal side, messed up, you know, bank accounts and, you know, just a mess in your personal life. So I would say first clean up your personal finances and then build that foundation to the next level on the business finances. I love that you said that because a lot of people don't know that your personal credit score is taking consideration when you're applying for a business credit line, because you as the owner, they're going to check how your finances and your credit score is before they give you right. anything. Which I do encourage people to try to get business credit. And so that, because a lot of people during the pandemic ended up losing their houses and everything else because their business debts were secured by their personal assets. And so when, when, you know, all hell broke loose there for a couple mm -hmm. of months and people couldn't bring money in, if you were any kind of business that was touching people, you were pretty much in trouble. You know, um, you couldn't do massages, you couldn't do hair, you couldn't, I mean, what happens? Those bills still have to be paid. And if exactly. your personal credit is supporting your business, I mean, that's just a problem waiting to happen, right? But you're not going to get good business credit if your personal background is not good too. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, now, let's talk about, about Deborah Daniels, the author. 
how mm-hmm. you came and became an author. Tell us your, uh, you know, your writing experience. Um, and what are you writing about out there? Well, sure. The first book that I wrote was actually a compilation with some other people. Actually, it was a hundred tips. I did ten of the tips, so. But <laughs> just, just some of the things about, you know my experience being an entrepreneur and, you know, different ways to make more profit. I'm passionate about profit. This is not a, you know, if you want to be philanthropic with your time, then go be philanthropic and pick a charity. Your business is not your charity. You know, I mean, it's it's just not, now that does not to say that I don't have some bandwidth to do some pro bono work, but that shouldn't be your primary charity is that people aren't paying you (laughs) for what you do. Um, So that was that. But then also I've got the one that's probably coming out now is the next one that's coming out is the money. I kind of call it a user's guide. We're actually talking about changing the title a little bit, but it's basically a little bit of those foundations that most people do not know. I mean, it, it impacts your personal and your business life. And the thing is, it really three decades, I've been speaking probably 10 plus years of that. And so we're really, literally, the book is pretty much written from interviews like this that I've done, you know, courses that I've done for people, the the things that I'm saying over and over and over again to my clients. I mean, again, I don't want to act like I'm this like crazy money crazed person, but money is so, so important to everything that we do, you know? And I just feel like I'm passionate about people understanding it, how, how I really got into the whole thing of money outside of, you know, just my business and helping people with their taxes. When my kids were teenagers and I saw their friends, you know, they just, there's no mechanism in our educational system to teach people about money. There's I just totally not, agree. Yes. There's less than 4% of schools, high schools in the country have a part of their curriculum is financial literacy. I will say in our state, in Georgia, they have passed a new law within the past year or so that, that personal finance is a big part of the curriculum for all the schools, which is, I'm, I'm super happy about that. I just hope they're teaching them the right things. But um the, the reality is we have to know about this. It's kind of like trying, it, it's, it's like trying to live without your skeleton and for your body to be supported. If you don't have that foundational part of your money, how do you function? If I have to buy groceries, I have to know about that. If I want to get a car, I have to, I mean, everything is impacted by money. And so that's really, I mean, I felt like it was an easier way. I mean, I can't be out there on the street, you know, screaming, learn about your money, learn about your money. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really where I, that's where the author part came in. (laughs) But I love it. And I love that you mentioned, you know, the importance of uh, learning uh, about money and how to use it. Um, Something that I tell everybody and I constantly talk about is that money is a tool. We need mm-hmm. to start seeing money as a tool, not as a need, not as a um, um, comfort. It is a tool for you to achieve your goals, to get what you need, to you know supply your needs. Mm-hmm. And when we shift that view and see it as a tool and we learn how to work with it, uh, it's like operating a machine right exactly it's the operating system that we are that everything everything is that's why i love the word um currency it's kind of an old-fashioned word um but you know the highest 
officer of money in our country is the comptroller of the currency. It's because our forefathers understood that money is a flow. It's not meant to just sit and not mm -hmm. produce anything. There is a flow to it. I mean, when I have employees, which I've had I, right before the pandemic, the last really big speaking gig that I did was for a social entrepreneur um, event. And we were, I was talking about the impact of being an entrepreneur. And at that time, just back of the envelope, just real easy. I said, okay, I've had over 50 employees. I've paid them this much. It, I mean, it was over $4 million of wages that I had paid out over 26 years or 27 years at that time. And you think about it, all that money rippled out into the, into the environment, into the community, because if I pay my assistant to come and help me, then she can pay another local business to, for her daughter to go to dance classes or the local dentist to put, you know, braces on or whatever. You just don't realize it's meant to flow. I mean, and when we're all flowing as much as we can, everybody does better. I mean, I don't even want to get to me most, if everybody understood money and had the right attitude about money, almost all the social issues would go away because a lot of times it's, it's, it's fighting because people have disparity in it. But a lot of times the disparity is really knowledge and access to capital and things like that, that you can get if you have the right knowledge. I love it. It's been so good to hear you speak and you have given us so much um information in life you know you have shared so much i i really love it uh where can we get your book um the book you know honestly i'm not sure it's in publication anymore because someone else it was a compilation book the first one the okay. other one is not has not been published yet um so I don't, I'm not sure if we can, I have some of the copies if you want to read, <laughs> I have a, a, a 500 of them still left, but um, I ordered a bunch. A lot of my clients got them. I have a copy of that one and the new one hasn't come out yet. Okay. Well, if you want a copy of the book, just reach out to Deborah. Um, let me see. They can reach you out through your website, right? Yes, they can reach me there. They can reach me um, on all the, I think we talked about, I don't know if you put it out the there. Social all media, social, yeah. All my social platforms are at Deborah Daniel CPA, Instagram, Facebook. I don't really Twitter too much, but um, all the regular ones. LinkedIn, of course, I'm there. Fantastic. But you also, before we leave, I have to tell you guys, she's also a coach. So mm -hmm. she can help you and teach you what you need to do to get your money and your finances in order and she has a course coming out that is called money without limits right yes money without limits.com it's out there right now i think it's at um the i just did an event recently and so we, it's normally a 997 course but i have it out there i think if you even click right now it's at 497 but you're hearing it first here we're going to do a black friday um uh special and it's going to be 97 dollars for <gasps> just just that weekend which is crazy my team is like what are you doing but you know i i've just wanted to i mean i can't like black friday tax returns That's so <laughs> <I> really <can't. laughs> but i love it i love it so you guys and would you say when again it's going to be on black friday it's, it's gonna, we're going to send out a sequence of emails but it'll be out there we'll have the that link change just for that for that weekend to the $97 price. Fantastic. So mark your calendars, you guys. On the weekend of Black Friday, moneywithoutlimits.com. Go in that page and get her course for $97. That is that is a treat, let me tell you. That is <laughs> we go into all these things. I mean, a lot, all the pillars of finance. We talk mm -hmm. about credit and how that impacts everything that you buy, and you know, just 
all this stuff. You know, how to you, get yourself well, the right tax schedule. Is that oriented at a personal finance level or is that also oriented at the business level? Well, it's really, it, it it's mostly based on personal, but it feeds into the, into the business because one of the whole sections, we talk about how there's different rates of tax, like the W-2 people pay at this rate, self-employed people pay at this rate, you know, business pays at this rate. How, how can you move, you know, get some of your money in those different buckets? That is, is fantastic. That is fantastic. Thank you so much, Deborah, for your time for Thank being you. here Thank today. You. Uh, you guys remember to go and follow her in social media at Deborah Daniel CPA. You can find her pretty much in every platform with that tag. Go visit her website, womenswealthsecrets.com. And don't forget on the weekend of Black Friday to get her course, Money Without Limits, at moneywithoutlimits.com. All right. Well, thank you again. Now, before you leave, one hot tip, one last hot tip that you can give us. So many. Well, of course, I like everybody to take a look at do that exercise where you look at your bank statements and credit cards. Almost everybody finds money in that. But I would also say to really look, because we're going into into um, holiday season, which is kind of a little bit of a frenzy. It's kind of like putting somebody that doesn't like sugar, I mean, that doesn't want to eat sugar and then throwing them into a candy factory. It's about to be that time. Really evaluate as you're buying things, both for yourself and for your, you know, gifts and everything. Really think of the, you know, keep in mind needs versus wants a little bit and keep, you really keep yourself within your budget because you don't want to be spending all of the first three or four months of 2023, making up for your overspending in the last few months of 2022. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank yes. you so much for sharing so much knowledge. It's sharing your success story. And you guys, I highly recommend that you go and follow her and ask for Deborah um, helps uh, with your uh, with your taxes because she is amazing. And she I mean, she's basically has pretty much all of the country. <laughs> of the country right um, as a client. So come on, you guys go and visit womenswealthsecrets.com and get um, Deborah expertise. Thank you so much, Deborah, for your time. Thank you we for having me. We would love to have you definitely next year. We would love to have you one more time so we can, um, you know, check how things are going. Anytime. Uh, and, and definitely discuss your new book. Okay. Yes. I'll, it'll be ready. It's probably going to be first quarter before it's ready to come out. But yes. That's fantastic. Well, you guys, on to the next time. Don't forget to unlock your potential and be fearless. Bye.